0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini.
1: I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki.
0: Grace, yesterday we got news that all of the lights on Broadway will dim on Saturday, February 17th for one minute in honor of the late, great, three-time Tony Award winner, Cheetah Rivera. She, of course, passed away last week at the age of 91. The one-minute dimming of lights will take place at 7.45 p.m. I would be fine if they left all the lights off for, like, an hour or an entire day. I think that would be perfectly appropriate for the magnitude of the star that Cheetah Rivera is and was. I'm going to be in town, like, I'm going to be seeing a show on February 17th, so I don't, know off the top of my head what I'm seeing that day, but I am very much uh, hoping that I get to experience that because I've never done that. But obviously celebrating Cheetah is is something that a lot of people are going to want to do. So I imagine that there will be a lot of people lining the streets of Broadway on Saturday, the 17th, Grace.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was kind of like a no-brainer. I was just curious when it was going to happen. So I'm glad to see that this has gotten pushed through as well. I'm. I'm also hoping that they are able to do the same for Hinton Battle, um, mm-hmm. considering they. I think they passed on the same day. Anytime we get to pay homage in this way, I think it's super important.
0: Absolutely, Hinton Battle certainly deserves it. And as we've talked about before, like the speed at which these things happen is not reflective on how seriously the Broadway League and the theater owners take the deaths. And, you know, I am never anyone to defend the Broadway League. But a lot of these decisions have to do with coordinating with the families to make sure that they can be in town to be a part of that uh, memorial. So I I don't want to say, oh, Cheetah Rivera was obviously more important. So that's why they're doing it so quickly. And we haven't heard anything about Hinton Battle. It very well might be that Hinton Battle's family wants to wait until another day or they're just having trouble coordinating all of that so uh, i do want to caution people that there's no need to freak out if we don't hear anything about dimming of the lights for henton battle in the immediate future if we never hear about it then freaking out is very much an appropriate response All right, Grace, let's get into the news. And this came in just a little bit before we started recording, and it was something that had been percolating a little bit since last week, but it has now become official. We didn't talk about it because it happened after we'd recorded Friday's episode. It actually happened on Friday. But the Roundabout Theatre Company announced that the first preview of its Broadway revival of Doubt was canceled due to what they described as a non-COVID-related illness. Since then, there's been murmurs and and things rumbling around, but it was confirmed on Tuesday afternoon slash evening that the great and legendary Tyne Daly will be exiting the production following an unexpected hospitalization last Friday. In her stead, as it was over the weekend, Tony nominee Isabel Keating will be stepping in through this week. She is the already the understudy, so she's going to be taking on performances for this week. But starting on February 13th, Tuesday, next week, Tony and Oscar nominee Amy Ryan will take over as Sister Wishes. The opening night, which was originally scheduled for February 29th, has been pushed back to March 7th. Amy Ryan has not been on Broadway since 2005, but she has twice been Tony nominated for Uncle Vanya in 2000, in which she played Sonia opposite Derek Jacoby, Laura Lenny, Roger Reese, David Patrick Kelly. Then she was again Tony nominated for A Streetcar Named Desire in 2005. She played Stella Kowalski. She played opposite John C. Riley as Stanley Kowalski, Natasha Richardson, Christine Nielsen. So she is very much accustomed a to being on stage with some big heavy hitters, Grace. She obviously joins the cast that includes Liev Shriver, Zoe Kazan, and Quincy Tyler Bernstein. So uh, unfortunate because Tyne Daly is one of my favorites. Uh, seeing her her in Masterclass is one of my favorite Broadway experiences. So I'm disappointed that we won't be able to see her in this revival, but we wish her a speedy recovery. And Amy Ryan, who many people know as, spoiler alert, uh, the villain from Only Murders in the Building, I think she's great. And I think this will be a really interesting and dynamic performance that I'm looking forward to seeing at some point this spring.
1: I just want to call out that that means that Michael Scott and Holly Flax are both on Broadway in the same season in very serious dramas. That is crazy. If you don't know what I'm talking about, if you're not an office fan, Michael Scott played by Steve Carell and Amy plays Holly Flax. They were lovers on the show. And I just think it's kind of wild that these two iconic comedians are now getting their space in uncle Vanya and doubt in the same Broadway season. And we really need to talk about that as an office community.
0: (laughs) That is such a brilliant call and something that I never would have uh, put together. So good for you for doing that. And also, uh, Amy has been in Uncle Vanya on Broadway. So maybe they can run lines together in very passive-aggressive ways uh, as they are getting ready for their shows. So love that. Also, Grace, on most days, this next story would be the number one thing. But we did bump it back because of uh, the doubt news. But yesterday it was announced that erstwhile Billy Elliot and Peter Parker, Tom Holland will return to the West End stage in a new revival of Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, directed by Jamie Lloyd. Jamie Lloyd's production company, The Jamie Lloyd Company, recently became independent after having a long working relationship with the Ambassador Theater Group. It is now independent, and its first production, apparently, is going to be RJ at London's Duke of York's Theater starting on May 11th. It is only scheduled to run through August 3rd. Tickets go on sale on Tuesday at 3 a.m. Eastern time for priority booking and general on sale at 7 a.m. that day. Grace, when this was announced, uh, a friend of mine who I had been talking about going to see or going to London to see shows with, she called me she said, okay, we have to do it now. Tom Holland and Romeo and Juliet. We have to go see it. So I guess I'm going to London this summer to see Spider-Man play Romeo, but that feels right, especially in a Jamie Lloyd production like I, I there are a few directors that I have been as impressed with as Jamie Lloyd. So I can only imagine how bare bones, but absolutely gut wrenching this production of R&J will be.
1: No, yeah, we're going. Um, I'm (laughs) gonna have to be there in August. I have to be, so I have to see this production. Literally, my agent texted me the second I saw the Instagram post, and they were like, "Okay, so we're going to London at the beginning of August." Question? Uh, And I was like, "Yeah, I feel like we have to do that um, for research purposes." So this is really exciting news. Obviously, Tom Holland had been very vocal that he needed to take a step back from filming some things. Maybe it's because he needs to get back to those grassroots being on the stage, babe. Um, So I think this is really brilliant casting. I cannot wait to see who's acting opposite him.
0: Give me Um, Zendaya. Give me Zendaya. No,
1: it's too easy. It's too easy. And let's say this, if if you're familiar with Euphoria, her character is literally uh, Jules, and, and it's meant to be a play off of Romeo and Juliet. So already she's already kind of doing that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think that it's it's a cool opportunity. But I do want to see him play opposite someone else. I think that you could see somebody who is a, like a really incredible stage veteran, either there or here, uh, to to play opposite. Otherwise, you're right. Give me Zendaya. Give me.
0: I mean, look. If you decide to take To Free a Mockingbird over to Scotland, uh, you know, at some time in August, maybe you just go over there and stay for like a couple months and uh, and and do this, and then you know, do the show up in Edinburgh. So, you know, could could work. Yeah, out. maybe. Work out. Maybe that happens. All right, all right, everybody. Let's take a real quick break to talk about our sponsor for this week. Factor. Literally, I am sitting here looking at a plate with the remains of my factor dinner that I just finished before we started recording. I had a sweet corn jalapeno polenta and chicken with creamy corn grits and roasted peppers. I'll be honest with you. I did not know what half of those things were when I ordered it. I was just kind of going through and trying all of the different chicken and pork and beef dishes in there. And it was Absolutely delicious. But here's the thing. One of the things that's great about Factor is, as you all know, I'm going to New York next week. So all I had to do was go to the website and tell them that I wanted to skip a week and I'm not gonna be charged for next week because I'm not gonna be in town and there would be no way that I could get them and eat them. So it just pauses for that week and then I can pick right back up when I'm back in town. So it's an absolutely perfect way to go through the 35 different meal options every week to try all of the handcrafted, chef-created and dietitian approved Meals. It is great, it's fast, it's delicious and it's also convenient and it works around your specific needs and schedule, Grace.
1: I famously have no time to sit, eat, stand, lie. I I have no time at all. And the fact that these meals are two-minute meals gives me fuel so fast because Factor has restaurant quality meals. And that's what I was honestly not expecting at all. There are so many meal services out there. And this was the first time where I said, oh my God, I'm literally getting a balanced meal. Um, And it's not just lunch or dinner. They've got snacks, smoothies, and more. You can kind of have fuel for the entire day. You've got breakfast, midday bites, so many options, so many opportunities to make sure that you are having a balanced diet.
0: So head to factormeals.com Broadway50 and use code Broadway50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while your subscription is active. That's code Broadway50 at factormeals.com Broadway50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while your subscription is active. All right, Grace, let's dive in to last week's Broadway grosses. And Grace, I'm going to, you might have seen press releases about this, but I'm going to give you a little bit of a pop quiz. What show last week do you think had the largest increase in its grosses over the previous week? I'll even tell you, it rose $271,030.
1: Was it Gutenberg's final week?
0: It was not.
1: Oh, what was it?
0: It was the production on Broadway, of Chicago. It had its best non-holiday performance week in the show's history, dating back to 1997, because Dancing with the Stars and Vanderpump Rules star Ariana Maddox has joined the company as Roxy Hart, and apparently, just as like all of the other reality star, Bravo stars, Real Housewife stars that have come to Chicago... Ariana brought a ton of fans to the Ambassador Theater. It ended up bringing in a total of $939,177, which is a lot for Chicago. It also increased its capacity by almost 12% to come in at 97.29% of its overall capacity, which is great for a show that's been running for literally longer than some of the people that are listening to this episode have been alive. So overall... Broadway actually saw a decrease of about 5% to come in at $23,493,675. There were 213,281 people in the theaters. That's a 2% decline. Keep in mind that Broadway week was still going on, so the grosses... Are going to dip a little bit more than the attendance figures will, but overall, The Lion King back on top with one million six hundred sixty-six thousand eight hundred twenty-eight dollars, followed by Hamilton at one point six six million, Wicked at one point six, Merrily We Roll Along at one point five, and MJ at one point three. The rest of the shows north of seven figures include Moulin Rouge, Curse Child, Aladdin, and Anne Juliet. One of the nice things that comes along with Broadway Week is that nineteen of the twenty-five shows that were running on Broadway. Broadway last week, Grace, had over 90% capacity, which during this time of year is a a really great thing. Not a lot of shows hitting the million dollar mark, less than half, but with a high percentage of them having a lot of people in the theaters, that is certainly a sign that Broadway week is doing its job as far as I'm concerned.
1: That's right. Keeping those houses packed, even if they are not what we normally need those ATPs to be to make sure that these shows are on track to hopefully recoup, I think is is absolutely what we've got to do. And I, I appreciate that people have made those sacrifices to make sure that those things can happen. Um, because to me, dead seat is wasted seat. And I think that whenever we can get bodies in the building, um, the, the more successful we are as a community. So um, kudos to everybody. And I also want to say our animatics is freaking fire. She is amazing. Love her on okay. Vanderpump. She has gone through some things this year. If you know, you know. So the fact that she is kind of getting her Roxy revenge on Jax and everyone else, um, it's it's really, really great. So congratulations to her.
0: Is is she the Scandaval person? Yes. Okay, like I know Scandival but I don't know anything I don't know what it's about. I don't know anything about it other than Scandaval is a thing.
1: Her her boyfriend Tom Sandoval, um I think the answer, I mean they've been together for almost a decade. Like very publicly on the show, like came out that he had been cheating on her for a number of months with their mutual best friend. Um, and Ooh. so it's just been nuts. So the fact that she is not only playing Roxy Hart, but she's coming off of her Dancing with the Stars win. This is an insane, unprecedented thing. And I'm really excited for her.
0: Good for her. Proud of you. All right, Grace, let's run through some show and casting stuff. I'm going to I have like a number of stories here. If there's anything you want to talk about, feel free to jump in and let me know. But I will start not in New York City, but out in Minneapolis, because yesterday it was announced that the stage adaptation of Purple Rain will hit the stages next spring in spring 2025 at Minnesota State Theater in Minneapolis. Dates will be you know, officially announced later. But remember, this is an adaptation of the film written by Brandon Jacobs Jenkins, featuring the iconic soundtrack from the 1984 film that was, of course, written and originally performed by Prince, who starred in the, in, the, in the film. Of course, Minneapolis was the very proud home of Prince, so I don't think that we could have this musical start anywhere other than the Twin Cities. Yesterday, we also got news that the new Jason Robert Brown musical, The Connector, The Grace, which you and I are going to be seeing here very soon, has announced another extension. It will currently play the MCC Theater through March 17th. I'm not 100% sure if this is the final possible extension, but it is the second extension overall. It doesn't officially open until, well, it opened last night. By the time you're hearing this, it opened on Tuesday. So I'm sure if the reviews are as good as everybody anticipates them being, that there could be opportunities to either... Extend it again or see it somewhere else. Speaking of seeing shows somewhere else, yesterday it was announced that out in New Jersey at the American Theater Group, a very fun casting will be leading an upcoming production of A Little Night Music. Two-time Tony nominee Kate Baldwin will play Desiree in the production opposite her real-life husband Graham Rowat. Very, very cool. Hunter Foster, who hasn't been seen on Broadway in a long time, but is very, very busy as a writer and director. He will direct this production that will run March 7th through the 10th out in Basking Ridge, New Jersey. It will then move over to the Hamilton stage in Rahway, New Jersey from March 14th through the 24th. So very cool there. Also, American Idol finalist Alyssa Ray will be playing Petra in this production. Moving from the stage to the screen, Grace, we got, uh, I feel like we were just talking about this, but we got a new casting announcement for the not so upcoming film adaptation of Merrily, we roll along. Mallory Bechtel has joined the cast. She of course has been on TV, but also starred in dear Evan Hansen as well. She has joined the cast. The details of her role have not been disclosed, but there's really only two people she can be grace. And you've just recently seen Maryle, So you can chime in here. She could be playing either beth or gussie she seems to me like much more of a beth but they both show up in the story at the same time in opening doors so they're gonna have to cast both for this next round of filming whenever that takes place but i would guess she's gonna be beth right like she has to be beth
1: i think the assumption is that she's playing beth um i think that it's a great part for her so i i think it it just logically is there but like who knows
0: All right. In other news, real quick, I want to talk about the fact that yesterday, the American Theater Wing revealed the 2023 Jonathan Larson Grant recipients. All of these individuals and slash teams receive an unrestricted grant of twelve thousand five hundred dollars and a Saul Island Foundation recording grant for two thousand and eighty five dollars. The recipients are Daniel Henry Amand, Julian Hornick, the Kilbanes, who I absolutely love, Larry Owens, Veronica Mansour, and the team of Jacinta Cluselis, Tatiana Pandiani, and Melis Akur. This is one of the most important and cherished honors in musical theater writing, so congratulations to all of those very deserving individuals. And Grace, uh, finally, the last news story I want to hit is something you asked me about If I knew about before we started recording and of course I know about it, but yesterday six announced a very interesting, I think first of its kind program to reward repeat attenders. So how this works is this new what not a loyalty program, but a royalty program they will offer six different levels of exclusive gifts and experiences based on how many times you see six on Broadway in a given year. Now, all of your tickets must be purchased through Broadway Direct, which is the official ticket buying platform for six. But if you see the show three times in 2024, you will get a six branded selfie ring light. Oh, boy. As well as a pair of Holbein sunglasses, which is actually very cool. If you go six times, fans will receive a six branded Bluetooth speaker. From there, the rewards kind of increase and you can go up to 30 visits to get these different experiences and gifts. Grace, you could get a six themed dining experience at Bond 45. You can get meet and greets with the queens and you can have a royal day featuring an overnight stay at a Times Square hotel. So I've already gone once in 2024 and any visits that you have gone to already this year that you booked through Broadway direct will be automatically counted. So I guess I'm at one and grace. Like I love a challenge. Like, I don't know that I'll get to 30, but like, if you're going to challenge me with incentives and like, give me a carrot to go see something that I love multiple times, like I've got to do it.
1: Yeah, this is amazing. I know these things are months of planning to try to do the fact that they are able to track is is step one in and of itself the, the difficult part but oftentimes we are trying to find ourselves how do we support fandoms? How do we incentivize people to come back besides the fact that they love the show? Like the thing to come back to is the show. It's not, you know, for a ring light, but at the same time, like how are we honoring those multiple trips? Like how can we pay it forward? And any show that has a fandom, especially like Sixes, it's super important that everyone is constantly thinking of those opportunities and I congratulate them for, for making this happen.
0: Yeah, this is really brilliant and couldn't have picked a better show to start it with. And I'm looking forward to going at least three times because I want my pair of damn Holbein sunglasses. All right, let's get into a feel good recommendation, Grace. And this one is very, very cool on YouTube and on social media platforms. Hadestown has released a very cool duet of Grammy Award winner Ani DeFranco singing the song Our Lady of the Underground with composer Anais Mitchell. Ani DeFranco, of course, originated the role of Persephone, who sings that song on the original concept album for Hades Town many, many years ago. She is set to start on Broadway in her Broadway debut as Persephone this Friday, February 9th. So she sings the song. Anais Mitchell, the composer, plays guitar. Very, very cool. A different vibe in this than maybe what we see on stage, but certainly having somebody with a gravitas of Ani DeFranco sing this song and play Persephone will be very cool. And I feel like I'm going to have to go back to Hadestown Town again because i love this show almost as much as i love six
1: yeah i wanted to see lola tongue i don't know if that'll happen but i can't wait to hear what audiences think of these two
0: all right that's all we have for today thanks for listening to today on broadway follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at broadway radio and you can follow me on instagram at bww matt grace where can people find you
1: you can find the at grace hockey
0: all right everybody have a wonderful hump day and we will be back to talk to you tomorrow